singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Welcome back to the Dharmic Evolution. I am so happy to be with you ladies and gentlemen today once again. Um, the subject of today's episode, Eritrean Eyes. And I'm going to share some very cool stories about those Eritrean eyes. And it's about a country. It's about a young lady. Um, where is Eritrea? Anytime I ever said something to somebody about the country of Eritrea, they went, huh? What, what country did you say? I've never heard of this. Where is it? So it's up against the Red Sea on the western side, just south of the Sudan and just north of Ethiopia. And today we're going to discuss love, beauty, struggle, suffering, persecution, war, and resolution of conflict, as seen through the beauty of the Eritrean eyes, the women who are so strong, so powerful, and so beautiful from this tiny little country located on the Horn of Africa. So I am looking forward to sharing these stories with you today from here in the U.S. all the way to the other side of the world on the Red Sea. Are you a singer-songwriter, author, speaker, or thought leader? Have you been looking for a platform for your career? Well, the James O'Connor Agency has exactly what you are looking for. Find out how we write and produce big, amazing songs on Music Row for authors, speakers, thought leaders, and organizations like nonprofit and corporations. We also help singer-songwriters and artists by giving them a platform on Dharmic Evolution, a podcast designed specifically to broadcast your global career, now in 71 countries, and with more than 161 episodes of artists all over the world from all genres, we know how to reach your target audience. Are you a dreamer like James? Then reach out today to james at thejamesoconnoragency.com and find out how we can help your global career. Yes, we can. I had met this woman um, in a previous career that I was in and um, I knew immediately there was something about her that was so different. Uh, her eyes, the way she talked, her mannerisms, obviously not from this country. So uh, I was kind of captivated by her, uh, her aura, her, just her presence. There was something very different, very attractive about her. So we immediately um, had some kind of connection, and I didn't know that it would be romantic or otherwise, but um, we kind of got in touch, I guess, maybe a couple of weeks after we originally met. And I called her and left a message, I think, and then I didn't hear from her. So I said, ah, okay, so it's a dead end there. <laughs> And then she called back, said, hey, let's get together for lunch. So we did. And I began to learn piece by piece, sentence by sentence, uh, meeting by meeting, all about the world of this young lady who had gone through, unbeknownst to me, real life struggles, trials and tribulations um, in her very young life in Eritrea. 
And like I said at the outset of this show, I was one of those ones who said, what country? Eritrea? Where is that? And I immediately had to, uh, to dig in and find out about this uh, fascinating country on the Horn of Africa and what went on with all that they had suffered and been through and gone through with their country and conflict with Ethiopia. And um, I began to learn uh, more and more about her, her family, her country, her grandmother. And so let's start with her escape from the country of Eritrea. So here, a world away in the United States, I had no clue about the conflict that was raging between Ethiopia and um, Eritrea. And before I get into any of the details about why, and I won't spend a whole lot of time on the conflict and why, because it's really deep and it goes back like decades and decades and generations even, um, you know, for old conflicts and then newer conflicts. But the good news is they are celebrating um, that's over. There's no more. So um, there's some really, really great things happening in the border between Ethiopia and um, Eritrea right now. So anyway, back to the story. I, I, I should call this woman by name, but I must use a fictitious name because um, I don't have her permission to, uh, to talk about her. So it could be anybody. So let's call her Martha. <laughs> yeah, Martha works. That's harmless enough. So uh, Martha started telling me about what had happened, you know, in Ethiopia or in Eritrea, I should say, you were like, you were just carted off to war. Like what happened with them was the father didn't come home one day. And the way it worked was you were just rounded up and sent to war because they needed desperately bodies and people to fight the war with the Ethiopians uh, to protect the country. And one day, the father just disappeared. He wasn't around anymore. And they, um, they didn't see him anymore. And he was gone off the fight, they assumed. Nobody, nobody came by and left a notice. Nobody mailed anything. It's just they grabbed you, they put you in a truck, and they put a gun in your hands and said, go fight. Lo and behold, the grandmother of Martha was a very, very well-to-do woman of business in Eritrea. She had like a shopping mall or two, uh, maybe more than that, and owned businesses, laundromats, stores. And so she was very, very well off. So what she did was get her daughter and the kids, which is my friend Martha, and her sisters and her brother, and they all gathered everything they owned uh, together in the house and they prepared to sneak out of the country because you could not just leave on your own accord. Uh, that would be really, really bad. And I don't remember whether it was death or prison, but it was pretty severe. They were under martial law at the time, which meant that if you were out after curfew, you were immediately killed. And her uncle was coming back to the house 
one day and it was getting late and getting later and getting later and he was desperately trying to get back to the house where Martha lived with her mother and the, and the kids uh, to seek safe refuge. And unfortunately, it was just dark, just curfew as he approached the front door and got to the house. And my dear friend Martha had to witness her uncle being shot in the head, desperately trying to get to the house in time because he didn't make it in time. Can you imagine living with this horror as a little girl growing up and, and seeing this kind of conflict in the streets and your, and your father just taken away and, um, you know, your uncle shot in the head just because he couldn't get back to the house in time? There was a war that raged from the year 1998 to 2000. That's only two years and 150,000 dead. Can you imagine in two years? I mean, the U.S. was in Vietnam for how many years was it? I don't even know. Was it 15, 20 years or something? And we lost 50,000 Americans. Um, so these numbers are just staggering. Um, it's just crazy. And how do these things get started? I don't know. You know, I'm not going to go into all the details because I've done a lot of uh, research and surfing around, and it's so deep, the conflict, and there's so many sides to it. you got the UN involved, and there's always other countries' agendas uh, behind any conflict, unfortunately. So it's very hard to get to the root of what is right, what is wrong, where is the truth. It's always somewhere in the details, uh, buried in most cases, uh, behind um, some facade of an underlying agenda by some country who wants to um, proliferate their agenda uh, amongst the people. So I, I don't want to go too into that. So I want to get back to the story of um, Martha, uh, my fictitious friend. <laughs> fictitious only in name not in reality let's fast forward just for a few moments to see what is happening today and this post is from january 2019 ethiopia eritrea border boom as peace takes hold so that is some exciting news the reopening of the border between former enemies Ethiopia and Eritrea has dramatically changed the towns near the frontier, writes the BBC's Emmanuel Igunza. The sun had just risen, but the market in Adigrat was already coming alive when I went to visit. Dozens of makeshift stalls lined the street where a group of woman traders were sifting chickpeas. In another place, an elderly man was removing chickens from cages and placing them outside his shop. We love peace. When the Eritreans come to this market, I welcome them with a smiling face, says one of the patrons. You can buy almost anything at the market, spices, building materials, fridges, and washing machines. The market in this Ethiopian town, just 24 miles south of the border, has been transformed since the border opened four months ago after a peace deal ended the state of war between the two nations. Many Eritreans now cross over to see what they can buy. We love peace. Mebrit Gebrahens, a middle-aged woman with a big smile, is one of the traders whose business is booming. 
She was busy opening a sack full of fresh spices and was calling over potential customers when I met her. What we fear is war. We love peace. When the Eritreans come to this market, I welcome them with a smiling face. They buy spices, honey, grains, and even biscuits, and we buy different clothes from them, she said. When the border reopened, we were worried there will be shortages of some things, but there hasn't been. Everything is normal, she added. Just down the road, there was a section of shops selling plastic wares from brightly colored water tanks to jerry cans to plastic sandals. Shop owner Hali Bisrat told me cheerfully that treating his Eritrean brothers well was not only about cementing peace, it also made good financial sense. We get to make a little more profit than before as the market is in a better state. When the border first reopened, as many as 2,000 Eritreans were coming every week. The numbers have gone down a little, but that's perhaps because they've bought everything they wanted. Adrigrat was full of cars and lorries with Eritrean registration numbers. So isn't that the best way for commerce? You know, it's like war just, it just ruins everything. Like you can't, you can't run businesses. People have shortages. They can't get food. They can't get fresh water. So peace is a good thing. And how about the colors too? If you guys check out the Eritrean colors, those African colors and how especially the women dress with those bright colors, absolutely amazing. Really, really beautiful. Let's get back to Martha in the house. So grandmother had allocated money and paid for um, a way to get the family out of the country back in the war days. Now, this is going back into, um, I believe it was the late 80s or early 90s when this happened. And um, it was a desperation thing because they snuck out in the middle of the night and my dear friend Martha was a little girl. I think she was only like seven or eight years old. And I think she was the oldest. So I think she had a brother and two sisters. Or was it one sister? I think it was two sisters. They had to be smuggled out in uh, underneath an onion truck. Now, can you imagine? It's kind of like the story of the Godfather, if you ever saw where they smuggled um, little Vito out and he was on a burrow and he was in a basket underneath, you know, underneath some goods. I think that this man was carrying, they, they snuck him out of town. Well, their situation was far more horrible. I mean, they almost suffocated from the stench of the onions, um, underneath the truck. They got to the desert and, uh, my dear friend, Martha had to like walk through the sand uh, because the mother had the other two kids. Her mother had her two other two children who were younger on the back of a camel. And they were escaping through the desert to get to these destination points to get to the USA. So Martha was struggling and sinking into the sand up to her knees. And in the dead of night, they had to escape. And they fortunately, they had money and resources. But can you imagine the terror of getting caught I don't know what the penalty be penalty would be. Would it be death immediately, prison? But you know, I don't know. Um, fast forward to um, years and years and years later, uh, my friend Martha had made this uh, this wish, this prayer that her 
ideal gift would be to see her father again. And she got together with her mother one day and said, I have a surprise for you. I think it might have been her birthday. And said, look in the other room. She opened the door and there was her father standing there, you know, welcoming, welcoming her. And she was in shock because they, most of them just thought he was dead from the war. So it has some happy ending. Um, got to the States, created a whole new life. And I just so admired the, um, there was a reason why I had a connection with Martha because I sensed there was something very special about her. Um, her love of Jesus, her love of uh freedom, her incredible work ethic, her dedication to her children, uh, a fantastic and amazing mother. And there was, you know, she was a tiny little thing. And uh, I'm sure she still is. I haven't seen her in a long time. But um, she was a true and dedicated and wonderful person to have as a friend and have as, um, you know, somebody really special in your life. And I'll always admire the uh, the gifts that she walked around with and her Eritrean heritage because I, w- I would have never learned about Eritrea and the beauty of the country and the magnificent Red Sea and Asmara, and, um, which is the capital of Eritrea, had it not been for Martha. There's a very good reason why I didn't want to get into all the back-end politics of uh, what happened there, the war, and the reasons for the war. And as I mentioned, uh, Martha was a, uh, and is a follower of the Lord, Jesus. And, you know, I just opened up um, something about countries around the world that persecute Christians. And it was, it was, Eritrea was one of them, which I was shocked at, but um, there's a lot of working, um, how would you say it? There's a lot of things through politics that are working in the background that um, we don't understand. It's very hard to get your hands around the truth of what's going on. Like, for instance, um, here we are, 11 Christians killed every day for their decision to follow Jesus. And uh, I'm not sure where is this, which country is this, but here's a, here's a list of them. Um, and there's a bunch of them. North Korea. Christianity, Christianity is the number one enemy of the state. Afghanistan, where Christianity is not permitted to exist. Um, Christians are high-value targets in Somalia. Believers in Libya face deadly violence. Christians in Pakistan live with open discrimination and constant threat of mob attacks. Christian converts in Sudan targeted for persecution. Christians imprisoned in shipping containers in Eritrea. Believers in Yemen especially vulnerable in civil war and famine. Illegal to convert, illegal to preach in Iran. Unprecedented Christian persecution persecution in India, and it goes on and on. So this cannot be an indictment of an entire country because some leaders take that position, those political positions, because it's good for their entrenchment in their particular political affiliations, um, does not mean an indictment on the entire citizenship of each country. 
So it's sad that that goes on. It's horrible. It's frightening. Um, but we're looking at the bright side right now that there is no more war between uh, Ethiopia and Eritrea. So what does that mean? That means a fair and honest exchange of ideas, of principalities, of paradigms, of dreams, of expectations, of possibilities, of influence on one another's thought processes. Isn't that a wonderful thing to have? I think so. And with that, you should embrace your gratitude. Have you connected with your gratitude today? I think I have something that will help inspire you. It's the brand new release from James Kevin O'Connor. Gratitude, recorded on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee with producer Kim Copeland and team, is James' third full-length album in four years. Ten amazing songs, each one a different story about the emotions, journeys and experiences that you and I have lived. Songs like Dreamer, Jesus Teaches, Tango On and 51 Shades of Grey. And of course, the title track, Gratitude. Pick up the brand new CD today with amazing artwork and photography at iTunes, CD Baby and Amazon. Or simply go to jameskevinoconnor.com for your download right now. Send someone that you love a copy of Gratitude today. It might be exactly what they need in their life right now. Gratitude, the new release by James Kevin O'Connor. Closing out the um, the war-torn uh, past that occupied those two countries, um, did you know that the Eritrean women, they made up 30% of the, the war effort as far as the um, Eritrean army? 30% were women fighters. So not only are they strong, convicted, and beautiful, these women, but they're also brave and feisty. They will fight for their country. So uh, this is kind of a, um, a thank you to those Eritrean women, but, uh, but also a thank you to the entire region, the Ethiopians and the Eritreans, who both, I think for the most part, are so glad and happy to have peace and commerce between each other's country once again. And um, damn this fighting and, uh, you know, preserve the peace. So wrapping up on the Dharmic Evolution today, I want to thank you guys for being here. I'm going to share with you Eritrean Eyes on the way out, which is a song that I wrote for Martha. And um, it kind of encapsulates uh, things that I spoke about earlier in the program today and just honors her and the way she looks at the world through her Eritrean eyes. So go over to the dharmicevolution.com, the website, and check out not only this show, but so many shows up there, artists around the world we have featured there. And um, we've been doing some facelift on the website, and I really appreciate it. If you guys could leave a comment about this show or other shows uh, that you happen to enjoy. We, we do comedy. We do author, speakers, and thought leaders. We do singer-songwriters. We have interviews with singer-songwriters all over the world. So uh, that's something that I know a lot of you enjoy. 
Let's not forget the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page. Go over there and you can post your content. You can support artists. You can uh, support anybody who has a new song, a new video, a new album, a gig somewhere, photographs, anything that's happening in their career, whether it's uh, speakers, author speakers, thought leaders, singer-songwriters, um, or you just want to stop by and say hello, put up, a, put up a, a, a support for another artist, that would be awesome. Would love to see that. That's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time, until we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, I'll see you from the stage, but right now, it's time to gaze into those Eritrean eyes. If I could choose a place to die, it would be